part of the Boundless Audio Podcast Network. Hello, welcome to another episode of the Artist Pivot Podcast. I am your host, Ayana Major Bay, and I happen to be an actor, voiceover artist, mentor, and world traveler. This is a bi-weekly show featuring conversations about pivots and life lessons from the perspective of artists, those who work in and around the arts, and arts educators. Everyone possesses the ability to pivot. You just have to be reminded sometimes, and that is what I am here to do. To stay up to date and in the know about merchandise, exclusive content, and how to support the show, please subscribe to the newsletter at ayanabay.com slash podcast. That's A-Y-A-N-A-B-E-Y dot com slash podcast. And there is a link in the show notes. We'll get to this week's episode after a word from our sponsors. I have found that therapy is a tool to use to improve your life in one of the healthiest ways. For those who are working on their mental health and well-being, on a journey of facing your fears, or trying therapy for the first time, our show sponsor BetterHelp is here to help you. BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist, so you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. Join the 2 million plus people who have taken charge of their mental health with an experienced BetterHelp therapist. Get 10% off your first month at BetterHelp.com slash Artist Pivot. That's BetterHelp.com slash Artist Pivot. All right, y'all. So today on the podcast, joining me is Miss Olithia Anglin. And fresh from her Carnegie Hall debut with the world-renowned Burnt Sugar Orchestra, Miss Alethea is a native New Yorker that has been singing since the age of three. By the age of 18 years old, she had performed at every major concert hall in New York City. She attended the Hart School and received her BFA in musical theater. Olithia is grateful for the opportunity she has had to perform in various theater productions all over the country. After the passing of her father, Olithia changed gears and decided to start writing her own music. She has come out with two EPs, Long Day's Journey in 2016 and To Be Seen and Heard in 2017. Since those releases, Olithia has deepened her practice in meditation and experimental music. With the use of vocal loops, FX, and sound bowls, she channels spirit that calms the heart and eases the mind. In 2022, she released Cosmic Church, a live meditation EP. Miss Olithia also is a voice teacher, and in November 2020, she started her own private studio, The Vocal Journey. Olithia finds true delight training singers in evidence-based techniques for a lifetime of healthy singing. Y'all, <laughs> welcome, Olivia. <laughs> you know, this is okay. Can I just say that uh-huh. I haven't, like, you are the first person who's read that bio back to me. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I'm like, wow, I'm like kind of fancy. <laughs> you are not kind of fancy. You are fancy. I'm like, huh, you I'm are fancy. <laughs> Like, I was like, wow, I hope there were, like, not too many typos. But, wow, like, that was, like, kind of cute. Okay. Yes. Wow. Wow. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. You're so very welcome. You're so very welcome. I'm excited for you to be here and to have this conversation. And so I'm going to start with my favorite question to everybody. Okay. 
Okay, so if I text you and say, Olivia, how are you doing? How's your day? How's it going? How you feeling? But you could only respond to me in emojis only. <laughs> what would you text me? Um, well, my favorite emoji is the one that like looks like he's kind of drunk. So it's just mm-hmm. like the, <laughs> it's like red in the cheeks, like squiggly. Um, <laughs> squiggly mouth. Squiggly mouth. That's <laughs> like. I love that one. And then also the uh, smiling face, um, but melting to the side. Uh-huh. <laughs> Is that? Yeah. And then also my favorite red lady dancing. Yeah. I'll give you one. those three emojis. <laughs> Great. Thank you. Thank you for that imaginary text. Thank you. So that's a nice combination. I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah, she's, feel, she's feeling good today. She's feeling, she's feeling a lot of things. I think but- that's... <laughs> It's like, you know, things are crazy, but we're dancing through it. <laughs> Ooh, that's a good way to put it. Yeah. Things are crazy, but we're dancing through it. We're dancing through yeah. it. Yes. Oh, I love that. I love that. Thank you for that imaginary text. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yes. All right, y'all. I wanted to bring Olithia on because we've known each other for a good number of years. Yes, we have. We have. Like, yeah, a good number of years. And we yeah. also, like, share heritage, like... Yes. Oh, my God. Yes, we do. <laughs> because both of our mothers are bishops, girls. Yep. Shout out to Guyana, Georgetown. Yep. yep. Oh, my God. I almost, like, literally almost forgot about that. That's insane. Yes, we do. hmm mm-hmm. Wow. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And... In our little, we were, y'all, I had to press the record button because we were about to go into a whole conversation. Sure were. Before I pressed the record. (laughs) But what we were talking about was that we are kind of two different people now than when we met years and years and years ago on the musical theater scene Mm -hmm. up until now in 2023. And like, wow, like, we are different people. And like, for the better. For the better. Absolutely. 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 We're different people. And so we, like, yeah, go ahead, go ahead. No, I was just, I was just thinking of like, I remember when we sat in, um, I don't even know if it's still there, that McDonald's on 42nd Street, like, mm-hmm. we were like in between auditions or something. And we were just like talking and laughing and giggling. And that's when we found out that we were like, oh my God, your mother's Guyanese? Like my mother's mm-hmm. Guyanese. I'm like, did your mother go to Bishop's? Like, that's always my question. When I meet like <laughs> other Guyanese people, I'm like, did your mother go to bishops? Because mm-hmm. the way my mom reps bishops, like, I'm like, okay. <laughs> All right, girl. <laughs> I'm like, you know that you are not there anymore, right? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I was like, ah, oh. I was like, ah, oh, another, another bishop's child. How's that going for you? <laughs> yes. All of that. So Yeah. Yeah. It yeah. was, it was just, it was wild. Such a yeah. time. What a different time. What a what a diff like it's completely different. I know. Like that was our non-union yes. waiting around for equity audition days. <sighs> oh, so, yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm really glad that I'm past that phase of getting up at 6 a.m. to possibly be seen at a at an audition. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. So, so okay. Here's my question for you then. Okay. How did you even get to that spot of, like, we meet at, at an equity call. So, like, you've been performing since you were a little kid, correct? And so yes. I guess my, uh, my initial question to you would be, did you know that you wanted to make performing a career 
when you mm-hmm. were younger? And is that the path you went down? Yes, I knew um, <clears throat> for a long time. I think, like, I made the decision at, like, three years old. Okay. That I was going to be a singer. I, I remember talking to my mom and being like, I either want to be a figure skater like Christy Yamaguchi. Yes. Um, I'll be a judge mm-hmm. or I'll be a singer. Like, very, three, like, very different things to do. Yes. So singing stuck. Um, and that's what I went with. So I just always knew I wanted to perform. And then my mother, you know, being an immigrant, being like, you know, we work hard for everything. She's like, okay, you want to be a performer. You want to be a singer. Um, well, you have to be the best at it. Like, you know, you have to make sure that you go to school for it. So I started taking voice lessons at about 12. I went to, um, professional performing arts for, the end of middle school into high school. Okay. So that was like my first audition ever. Um, And then from high school, I, you know, was in love with vocals, but then I saw hair for the first time. Okay. And the musical hair, and that really changed my life. And I was like, I can do so many things on stage. I don't have to like just stand in one place and sing, you know? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So I then... um, went to, and I'd never, like, never really seen a musical ever. Um, But then I um, auditioned and didn't get in first right away for the musical theater program in my Mm -hmm. high school. Had to go do a summer program because I've never acted before. And they were like, you're just so green. You don't, you're not really sure what you're doing. And I was like, okay, cool. Mm -hmm. Um, So I just uh, decided to get back into it and um, got auditioned finally in the summer, got into musical theater and from high school did, actually I did both. I was a musical theater major mm-hmm. and also double majored in classical music. So wow. and I was the only person that did that. Yeah. There's a teacher I always see. He's like, you know, you're the only person that's ever double majored. And I was like, <laughs> right. That deserves a hair flip. <laughs> I know it was quite stressful though. Um, but I can I, imagine <laughs> Um, yeah, because it's like, it's wild. It's like a performing arts school. So like they take their, they take it very, very seriously. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I went to college for uh, musical theater. I got into the heart school in Connecticut and mm-hmm. stayed in that conservatory for four years mm-hmm. uh, and then came out and they were like, you have a choice. You can either do... Um, <laughs> it's like regional, Broadway, uh-huh. or bust, right? It's uh-huh. like they never really gave us the option to uh-huh. look at different different things. You know, it's uh-huh. like you have this degree for singing, for dancing, for acting. There's so mm-hmm. many things you can do. And mm-hmm. they were like, well, no. It's like, you know, you do theater and, and that's it. So... Flash forward a couple of years to there I was at those non-union calls, <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just trying to get seen. And uh, yeah, that was that was a rough period, I will say. It was hard. It was hard. Oh, yeah. Very hard. Like mm-hmm. very, very hard. And I know times have changed now since, you know, a lot of things are now self-tapes. 
But that time right. was hard. Like, you're like, what? Like, what are we doing here? What? Why are we getting what up at 6 a.m.? Like, what do we do? Uh, but it, 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 it was hard. It was a different time. And it was, but it was something that like, like I'm thinking about how when you were leaving school, they told you it was Broadway, regional, or bust. Right. But the fact that they separated Broadway and regional, it's like most people's goal was to get to Broadway. But if I'm not working there right now, I'm going to go work regional. Like right. there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. And I want to be clear, like they didn't, it's not like they said that, but a mm-hmm. lot of their teaching was very focused on you are going to perform in a musical theater way because that's what you're doing. And they really didn't take the time to be like, there are so many things Mm. that you can do. There are so Mm -hmm. many like different diverse ways that you can feel artistically full and financially full. Come on. Right? Like we had one career class senior year, second semester. And by that point, like, who cares, right? We're just like, I'm ready to go. Yeah. And you're trying to like give me, like they were trying to give me um, resume, like, you know, but they never taught me how to do like a functional resume to get a job. Yeah. Outside of theater. I know how to do that, you know? So Mm -hmm. it's just, there was really, the it wasn't open to what we could do. Mm -hmm. There was no clarity in that. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I understand that. I definitely understand that. I think I came out of college like that, too. Like, tunnel vision, focused. I have my degree in musical theater. I'm going to Broadway. That is the plan. That's exactly, yeah. Where did, wait, where did you go to school? I went to Montclair State. Okay. Oh, Mm -hmm. okay, okay, okay. Yeah, fierce. Mm -hmm. All right. Yeah. So that was it when I came out. But I had also worked the summer prior at a regional theater. Like, that was my first job was the same year between junior and senior year. So I was like, oh, I I can do this. Once I I graduate, I'm a book. I'm a beat. Literally, yes. Ready. I was, I, same thing. I, like, got a summer stock gig. And I was like, okay, I got it. (laughs) That right there, you the 21-year-old. Got it. I got Got it. it. It's in the bag. Little did we know. Little did We know. Little did we know. So I want to ask you, when was your first pivot? When was your first Mm. aha moment of like, hmm, okay, musical theater is not serving me the way I need it to serve me anymore? Yes. Oh, I distinctly remember going in to a Music Man audition Mm -hmm. and... Being like, what am I doing here? I mm. forgot my character shoes. Mm-hmm. At the time, I was like auditioning in full sneakers. And it was one of those auditions where it's like, you know, now they're more inclusive with their, uh, a nice way to say that they let more Black people in uh, mm-hmm. to do legit musical theater. But at that time, it was quite white. And I was one of a couple speckles mm-hmm. of Black people there. And I remember being like, I don't want to be in the, it was like an ensemble thing. And I was like, I don't want to be in the chorus of Music Man. Right. You know, like I didn't want to do it in college. I got out of it because they were doing Once on the Silent and they only had a speckle of Black people there too. So I was like, I don't want to do this. So I, I started to think like, okay, and I started talking to friends being like, 
I want a life where I want to do music separately. Like I want to do music separately from acting separately. Mm. Like mm-hmm. I started to decouple what was going on. Ooh, that's, yeah. that's what it, that's what was starting to happen. And I was like, I'm just not happy. I hate that my job, my career, my creative life is in not in my control. It feels like it is in the control of a casting director, a director, mm-hmm. you know, and it feels like, and if I'm not the flavor that they're looking for, like they don't even tell me. So, you know, you just wait a month and you're like, well, I haven't heard anything. So I just, I was like, I can't, can't live in that mm-hmm. anymore and be happy. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was around the passing of my father, which is interesting because today's his birthday. Um, Aww, I yeah. know. Yeah. It's like his birthday. So happy heavenly birthday, dad. Yeah. Um, birthday. Yeah. I started, um, I was like, I think I want to just go into create music. I want to, mm-hmm. I want to just be a singer songwriter. Mm-hmm. So I started writing and I started hooking up with a band that went to school with my younger brother at CW Post. Mm-hmm. And we started just gigging together and we did a bunch of covers. And I remember going to um, my dear friend Jason at the time. And I was like, so I wrote this song mm-hmm. and, you know, I'm, I want to like put it to chords, but I don't really like play or anything. And he was like, well, let's work it out. So like sang the lyrics to him and and the melody and he put chords behind it and I was like I like this but I don't like this and Mm -hmm. that's when I started creating and we were in a band something major (laughs) is the name of the band yeah and we started we started gigging so we started gigging in Long Island and then I was like still auditioning but I was phasing out slowly Mm -hmm. like little by little I was like you know what and then one day I was like I think this is my last audition for now. Okay. And that was a very scary thing to do because yeah. I'm like, does it mean that I'm giving up on the musical theater dream? Does it mean I'm like, Ooh. I'll never do musical theater again? And that wasn't the case. Mm-hmm. I just didn't see it then. Because yeah. there were things I was able to do outside of that that were like created for me personally. Mm-hmm. And um, and that have fulfilled me so much more. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I uh, I just started down that path and then yes that was like that was my first pivot yeah that was your first first one one. yeah Ooh, so I I want to bring up that like that little bit of fear you had when you were about to pivot and it's like wait a minute does this mean I'm giving up on my dream does this mean that I oh that I'm not going to do musical theater again which is something you do love but you came to a point from what I'm hearing that you were like but I love this even more just the music part. Yeah, I just, I felt like if I, because I, at that point, you know, people's validation really meant something to me. Mm-hmm. And especially from my alma mater. And I was like, you know, am I a failure? Because mm. I didn't make it, you know? Uh-huh. Did I did I fail? Yeah. So that's what I was feeling. I was like, it's that fear of like, oh, I I guess I'm like, you know, I didn't make it to Broadway. Because that, at that point, like a couple of my classmates had started doing like big Broadway things, mm-hmm. big regional things, and it just wasn't happening for me. And I was like, ah, oh, man. So there was there was a level of fear, but I don't know. The, the prospect of doing something different took over. 
Mm, so it's yeah. like, I, you know, you still, I still did it through the fear, I think. Right. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's it. That's it. You did it through the fear. I think we do most things through the fear, though. Yes. Yeah. You ha- yeah, you have to. Or, or, you know, you can't. Um, I remember I saw Audra McDonald in concert. Mm-hmm. Um, Queen Ugh. Audra. Uh, just... Our patron saint. Yep. <laughs> of the black musical theater girl. We're always just like, Audra, we're not worthy. Uh-huh. Like, <laughs> yeah, we're like, whoa. Yeah, whoa. I have an Audra story that is hysterical. <laughs> that, like, I've met Audra like three times, and it, I'll tell you that one in a moment. But um, <laughs> she was at Carnegie Hall, and I remember she was uh, playing piano and singing. She was doing Migratory V. Okay. Yeah. And she was like, you know, I when I was going in for a private practice, when she was on that spinoff of Grey's Anatomy, she mm-hmm. was like, you know, I was really afraid. And that meant in my body that that means I have to do it. If I, if I fear it, that means I got to do it. Mm-hmm. And that like always stuck in my mind. I'm like, Ooh, I kind of fear this thing. I'm like, Oh, it probably means I should do it. <laughs> yeah. And that's how, kind of how I've like lived where it's like, you know, within bounds, like, you know, not doing anything too, too crazy. Like, you know, right. like out here, like on drugs, but like, you know, um, otherwise it was just like, oh, okay, if I fear this thing that I, that I know deep down is going to propel me into this place or like if now it's like, if I feel the imposter syndrome, I'm like, oh, okay, that probably means that I should do it. It's like the next level. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So that's what I, just what I hold on to. Right. Right. Oh, okay. And so now with that, how do you kind of process through your imposter syndrome? Like, and especially in creating your own art, like how do you move through that or move with it, really? That's a good question because I think I'm still trying to figure out what does it. I think I, mm-hmm. I get to a point where I'm just sick and tired and I'm like, you got to just do it, girl. Like it's lived in your head mm-hmm. for so long. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's like baptism by fire. You just you got to do it and you'll, and you'll make it through. It's like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, right? They were like in the, they were in the furnace. Hello, Bible. Just came. I love how Bible sometimes just comes to me. It just comes out. You'd be like, oh yeah, that's right. (laughs) I was like, first of all, what? Okay. You know, and they're like, they threw them in the furnace, right? Mm -hmm. And then they were in there dancing, you know, but God, you know, (laughs) just like, you know, so that's why I feel like I'm like, I'm, I'm in the fire, but that's okay because mm-hmm. I will always come out on the other side. It's like, how do you make gold? You got to put it through fire first. That's it. That's right? it. So right. I think I, uh, I think I think about that and I'm like, all right. And also just taking it, this is a process. Mm-hmm. We are works in progress. Mm-hmm. So it's not going to be perfect. And if I just start somewhere, then I can get to the other side. So it's like little by little, just little chunks, little yeah. pieces, yeah. you know? It's like showing the universe that you are ready. Once uh-huh. you can show the universe that you're ready, the universe, like, because the universe wants you to win. Like, the universe is on your side. If we really believe that. The universe is not out here, like, wanting to see you. Up. The universe wants to see you mm-hmm. flourish and and grow. So yes. I was like, you know what? I, if I believe, so I like say to myself, my mantra is like, the universe wants me to win. Mm-hmm. The universe wants me to win. Okay. Well, I'm just going to take it little by little. Yeah. And then it's like, it's like you show the universe and the universe is like, finally, thank you. And it's like another <laughs> door opens. <laughs> right. Like it's about time. I've been waiting on you. 
Like, oh, you got it together. Well, uh, time to. <laughs> Here we go. Let's, let's put our work in. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Let's do the thing. So um, I think that's mm-hmm. what that's what helps me, you know. Yeah. Understood. Understood. So with that, how did you come? Sorry, y'all. Wow. Y'all, Alethea, my stomach just growled so loud. Really? I, hope, I don't know if y'all heard that in the microphone. I didn't. But you know what? Oh, that great. just means that you are hungry for information. I am. I am hungry for information. <laughs> that is so funny. I didn't hear it. But like, you know, that means you're going to have to eat something after I'm going to have to eat something, cool. y'all. I'm going to have to eat some lunch. I, wow. I'm glad you didn't hear I, it. To me, it's so loud. I was like, oh, my gosh. Everybody just heard that. <laughs> I didn't even hear it. <laughs> oh, oh my, my god! Sounds of life, y'all. Sounds of life. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> I guess my question to you is: How did you? So after you you made your your pivot and you're deciding, um, you know, just deciding to go down this path of music. You're in the cover. You're doing covers. You're now with the band. You've you've. Uh, put your own song together with a friend. How did you get to the point of like, okay, I'm putting out EPs. Like, mm. that's what I'm doing next. So I think it another pivot happened with being in a band okay. um, was because we were gigging and it was going really well. And I was very determined. I was like, Long Island is cute, guys, but I feel mm-hmm. like we need to make it to the city. We need to go to Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. All this, you know, so I'm taking all these like Long Island guys and they're like, what are you talking about? And I'm like, there's just a bigger world mm-hmm. out there, you know. Um, so uh, we started gigging in the city and it was going really well. The only problem or not even, I want to say problem, growing pain, mm-hmm. growth edge and mm-hmm. being in a band is that you have to make sure that everybody is on the same page. Like, do we all have mm. the same mission? Yeah. Do we all have the same vision? Yeah. Do we all agree how to get there? And with five people, mm. it is incredibly difficult. And I felt myself getting frustrated mm-hmm. with um, the, I think, I don't want to say lack of interest, but I think it was lack of direction. And and I also felt myself getting kind of burnt out mm-hmm. um, because I was not only like, you know, writing the music, but I was also like promoting the stuff, getting all of like, you know, they don't talk about the, all the background work you have to do before a show happens. Like mm-hmm. people like, I just want to perform. Okay, cute. Do you want to perform in a box? No, you want to perform in a venue? Mm-hmm. Well, you got to start sending out venue emails. Do you have not, you, the venues are not going to just take your word for it. Do you know how many people want to perform in New York? Okay. Mm-hmm. What are your promotional materials? Mm-hmm. Well, do you have video? Mm, okay, got to get video. Do you have photos? Okay, got to get photos. Do you have Mm -hmm. any recorded music? Because they want to go through everything, right? Mm -hmm. So you're doing all of this. And I was doing all of it. Because I was so determined. Yes. So I was the one being like, let's do our photo shoot. And like, so I was doing the booking emails, doing all Mm -hmm. this stuff, and then promoting it for people to come out. And I would tell them like, hey, guys, you should promote. Because in that situation, the amount of people come out determines how much money you make. Okay. Which, you know, I could go on and on about venues and performers and the parasitic relationship that mm-hmm. happens, that it is not symbiotic, to say the least. Um, and 
And I just got to a point where I was like, okay, I think I want to be a solo artist, which was really scary because I never thought I wanted to be a solo artist, be in the front. Like I wanted to be part of a band, but it was just a cover. Like it was just, you know, a facade. Um, I was like, I I should do this solo. And Mm -hmm. once I made that choice, I'm like, we're all friends. I love them so much. And we still like play together everyone like if I need somebody I know that I have like six people that I can always call to like do the thing yeah. and they were the people that p- played on the project anyway so it's okay. like yeah so they were like so we were still in a band but I just wasn't like something major it was just Miss Olithia mm-hmm. was how it came up and I decided to I wanted to make an EP and put all this music that I had written, you know, through Mm -hmm. like love that didn't work and everything Mm -hmm. and just growth and decided to put it all together Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and create an EP, which is such a different, I learned so much in that whole process. Oh, absolutely. I did not. I was like, I was so musical theater. Like I'd never recorded I did only, only did was live performance for so long that mm-hmm. I I hadn't recorded anything until I was about 25, 26. I'd never been in a recording studio where I was like recording vocals yeah. like that. Never did it. And a producer laughed at me. He was like, wow, you're like kind of old to do this. And I was what? like, what? Yeah. <laughs> the disrespect. Wow. Yeah. So disrespectful. And he was like, yeah, I'm working with somebody who's 17 and doing it. And I was like, well... I'm, okay. I'm 25. <laughs> <laughs> Which is very young still. I mean, hello. By like the way. Now, like literally 10 years <laughs> later, I'm like, what a rude. How dare you? So um, rude. <laughs> so rude. So rude. So, uh, yeah, I just like was like, all right, I'm going to I'm going to put this together. I didn't know anything about the mixing process, mm-hmm. you know, anything about mastering how much things would cost. And it's like, you know, if you in like the studio like the where I where I recorded it was a hole in the wall like in mm-hmm. a closet of a studio mm-hmm. and so it's like you know you spend more money in the mixing because if it's not recorded well then ah. the mixing engineer has to do more work on that side right so i was like good to know right. that in the future i will make sure that all of my recording stuff is like in tip-top shape, right? Right. And then learning the difference between mixer, mixing and then mastering and, like, what that whole progress uh, process is and how to listen to your stuff on different speakers. So I was, like, going to my brother's car, listening, because you want to listen in car speakers. You want to mm-hmm. listen on flatter speakers. You just want to uh-huh. make sure that any, any way that somebody would listen to your music, whether it's through your laptop, through the Bluetooth, everything, mm-hmm. that it still, it sounds good in every medium. Yeah. I knew nothing about that. So that was definitely like a whole, a whole new process mm-hmm. all together. But it was amazing. And then, and then the whole promotional aspect, I got to put together a music video. I got to yes. do a cover shoot. Uh-huh. I got to find a venue to do an EP show. I, mm-hmm. you know, you, then you start billing with other artists. Like it's like you, it's a whole other thing. But I was really, and still am very proud of myself that I was like, I'm going to just, I'm going to just do this and see what happens. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm proud of you too. Oh I'm proud God, of you too. You. Sis. <laughs> 
<laughs> Thank you. Yeah, yeah, you know. You're welcome. Because you did. I'm going to just do it. And you figured it out. It. Like, figured it out. You figured it, it out. But I will say that in listening to you, I was like, oh, she learned some of those skills from being in the band. Like yes. the booking and the promo yes. stuff. And I was like, yes. well, the band was kind of preparing you for your solo. Absolutely. It absolutely was. Everything was designed. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I just grew out of it at that point. Ah, yes. That's all Oof. it was. I just grew out of it. And sometimes that happens, you know, you just, mm-hmm. to, but to get to the next step. But it was like that in between, like, can I do this? Am I allowed to do this? Is this okay? Mm-hmm. And I move forward. And it's like just taking little things yes. here and there that started to make me feel comfortable enough that I could stand on my own. Yeah. And do it. So, yeah, yeah that was that was it. Yeah. Okay. I, I'm going to, I have two questions. I'm going to start with this first one. I just heard you say, am I allowed to do it? Like yeah. you were like, am I? And I, I spoke to someone the other day about something that I was like a project I want to work on. I was like, am I allowed to do this? Like mm. you, she was like, yes, you're what? Give yourself permission. Like what, what do you mean? Right. Are you allowed to do it. So yeah. I guess my question to you is how did you get to the point where you gave yourself permission? I think once again I was fed up. Mm, there, see, there a it is. It, a right. lot of it comes to like I've had it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I think it was um the summer I had moved to Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. That's when I started recording everything and I was like, okay, I think I'm ready to start doing this. So I just, you know, started putting stuff together mm-hmm. and asking the guys in the band still like, hey, y'all, you know, because we're still like a ragtag group. I'm like, come play yeah. bass on this for me. Like, yeah, whatever. And um, and then I just started to really claim it. I'm like, I'm writing an EP. Mm-hmm. This is my EP. Mm-hmm. You know, it is long days. And that's why I called it Long Day's Journey because it was like, I, I figured uh, this is like the the spot I am. Yeah. In this in this moment and in this time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I really. I but you're right. I had to give myself permission, but I think I had to see it for myself first. See that it was possible. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 That's fair. That's fair. It is like for us to see it first, and yeah. like you said, claim it as well. You're like I claimed yes. it. Yeah, I, I had to claim it. I had to mm-hmm. claim it. I, I could do it. Mm-hmm. Yep. Absolutely. Understood, understood. So then with that, how did you then, because all of this is really connected, and all of your pivots, you're like, oh, wait, I like this. And I, and I, from what I'm hearing, what I'm gathering, what I am perceiving, you're just starting to grow out of things. And you are like being, giving yourself grace to be like, okay, Alithia, you've grown out of this. Now, what do you want to do next? And allow yourself, give yourself permission to do it next. So, yes. so with saying that, my question to you is, how did you then get into vocal pedagogy and teaching voice? Coming oh from gosh. I'm a solo musician, I'm making my music, I'm putting EPs, I'm performing. Mm-hmm. But I got this other branch over here. Okay, so um, how did I get into that? Well, you know what happened? I um, I was teaching in schools, just mm-hmm. doing like, you know, teaching artist stuff. Yeah. And I was 
being hired to do gigs where I was just like giving music, seeing mm-hmm. them at the gig. So I was like, so and also doing my own music. So I was doing a lot of stuff. What I was noticing in my voice, my own voice, mm-hmm. that I was starting to have some vocal issues. Okay. So meaning like the bottom of my register was heavier mm-hmm. than the top of my register. So it was becoming imbalanced. Mm-hmm. Not super divided, but the middle of my register, the middle voice was kind of not there, mm-hmm. you know, very light. And then I was like, you know, I could usually hit high C's in my sleep. That was starting to become a little bit more difficult. Okay. So I was like, huh, I'm noticing. And I hadn't been in my own voice lesson in a, maybe like I want to say like six, seven years, maybe about. Okay. Or like six years, yeah. Because um, I moved to Brooklyn and then I was just like living and everything. And yeah. so, mm, I'm, no, I want to say like maybe like four years. I want to, mm-hmm. yeah. Well, time is time. Anyway. Yes. <laughs> um, so I was like, you know, figuring all of that out. And I wanted to start getting into voice teaching. And a friend of mine mm-hmm. was like, you know, you should look, you should take from my teacher. She mm-hmm. does really interesting things that are so different, but they work. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not going to be like a voice that you've ever had. And I was mm-hmm. like, okay, cool. So I met with um, Kristen Ruiz, uh, who is in charge of Sonora um, Voice, um, her own studio, because she was one of the heads at um, NYU in their vocal pedagogy. Uh, no, I'm sorry, their uh, voice program. Okay. It was like where they train um singers who are also teaching and stuff is through Steinhardt, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had uh, an initial lesson with her and I was like, I just loved her energy and like how she spoke to me. There was so much compassion and understanding. And then mm-hmm. we had a lesson and I was like, oh my God, I love her. Like the things that I was saying, like made, she was like, oh, you're going to be fine. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, I was like having some acid reflux. She was like, I will say that your vocal load is too large, Mm -hmm. you know, because at that point, we don't always connect the fact that like how we speak does affect how we sing. Yes. They are one and the same. Your voice cannot tell the difference between the two. Mm -hmm. So if you are screaming and talking on your voice a lot with not a lot of air to support the sound, you're going to get into some trouble. Yep. And that's what was happening when you're screaming over kids in a school. Like teachers have the worst vocal load. A lot of them, they have the most vocal pathologies, mm, right? From nose to pseudocyst. Absolutely, because they're always talking. And they sense. don't always get amplification. And schools don't support that with whatever is in the air there, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. All that things matter. Um, and I was like, huh, okay. I need to do something about this. So, and then the pandemic happened. Yeah. So what happened is that, oh, we all went virtual or so the amount of gigs I had literally cut in half. Mm -hmm. I wasn't doing them anymore. I was teaching virtually. And then for some reason, a little bit before that, people were like, hey, do you teach? And I was like, I mean, yeah, I've like taught voice. Like I've taken voice lessons for a while. I could probably teach it. And I started to get really into it and started to really enjoy it. Mm -hmm. But I remember being like, I don't want to be the voice teachers that I've had. Mm, I was like, I want to make sure that I 
teach in a way that I will always be able to take care of somebody's voice Mm -hmm. in a way that my voice wasn't really taken care of. Fair. That felt really important to me um, Mm -hmm. at that moment. So I reached out to Kristen and I was like, you know, I was asking her questions because I was starting to get asked from folks that were trans that were like, my voice has changed due to estrogen or Mm -hmm. due to testosterone. Mm -hmm. Do you teach changed voices? And I was like, well, I have no idea. So like, no clue. So I reached out to Kristen and Kristen was like, you know, I am starting this vocal pedagogy program. Would you be interested Mm -hmm. in taking it? It's pretty rigorous, which it was. Um, But, you know, through that, you can learn voice building. You can learn how to, the voice, like anatomy wise, you can learn the physiology of it. You also learn the acoustics of it Mm -hmm. as well. So it's like Mm -hmm. all the science behind everything that we were doing and why we do the things that we do in the voice. And I was like, oh my God. So it was um, my first year of doing all that. We met every week for a full year. I had to do demos. I had to learn how to warm up people on the piano. Like all of this stuff, like things I I hadn't done, Mm -hmm. you know, before. But then I also realized that whatever experience I had performing wise also was part of that. Like I, Mm -hmm. you know, that my intuition wasn't off. It was quite right. But now I have the science behind why I did what I did and how I do what I do. Right. And I was like, ah, this is all coming. Full Full circle. circle. (laughs) Yeah, that's it. Yes, 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 yes. So it was, it was, it was very, yeah. So that's how I, how I got into it. I got certified Mm-hmm. In it, so now, like two years later, I'm still in the program. It's not as rigorous, um, okay. but it um, it still like opened my mind. Lots of discussion, lots of did because the voice, the voice field, and how sound is being talked about is constantly changing, mm-hmm. um, which is awesome and amazing. So it just gives me so much more information to help people. And one selling point that Kristen told me was like, you want to be able to teach voices that are different from your own. Ooh. Right. It's like, you don't want to just teach based on what works for you, like what method works for you. You want to teach voices that have pathologies, you know, whether it's MTD, muscle tension, dysphonia, whether Mm -hmm. it's a pseudocyst, whether they've dealt with a hemorrhage, nodes, anything like that. You want to, or just like an AMAP voice. Mm-hmm. which is assigned male at birth and a different kind of AFAB voice. You know, if you want to deal with trans voices, like changed voices, you could do all of that because you will have all the tools to do mm-hmm. so. Mm-hmm. And I was like, sold, sign me up. And right. <laughs> and yeah, so that's what, that's what I've been focusing on. So that's like my day-to-day job is um, I teach adults in all levels of their singing voice mm-hmm. lessons. Hmm. Wow. Who would have thunk? Who would have thunk? <laughs> right? Yeah. Right. Who would have thunk? thunk? Like, if you were to ask 21-year-old Alithia, who's just graduating from the hard school, you'd be like, by the way, you're going to do this when you're in your 30s. You'd have been like, what? And I'm like, so I'm not going to be on Broadway? <laughs> <laughs> 
Like, I'll show you 35-year-old Olivia. You don't know anything. You don't, you don't know what you're talking about. You you're like, you're no, 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 no. I do, I do know what I'm talking about. Like, you're going to have EPs out. You're going to be a voice teacher. You're going <laughs> to love all the things you do. You're going to be like, yeah. no. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, so wait, I'm not on Broadway. <laughs> right. So I'm not on Broadway? Yeah. That's what you're telling me? Right. <laughs> you're yes. like, you're not listening. You know what? I'll just wait. I'll just wait till you get here. <laughs> just wait till you get here. Just wait till you get here. You're, you're very listening. determined. You're headstrong. Yeah. You're headstrong. <laughs> yeah. 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 But I also mm-hmm. think that might have helped you too in all of your pivots. Was you being headstrong? Yes. I am a bit of a bull in a china shop. Mm-hmm. You and know? that's okay. And that's okay. That's, that's okay. okay. I, I'm also like, I'm a, I'm definitely like a woo-woo girl. So I mm-hmm. love astrology. So I'm like, that's my Aries moon talking yes. very much. So headstrong and like, you know, will mm-hmm. loves to be independent, find my own way, find my own path, find, you know, figure out what the rules are. I just yeah. want to know the rules so I know how to break them. That's what Ooh. I always say. Ooh. I just need to know what the rules are so I can break them. <laughs> I got to give you an applause on that one. I love. I might have to borrow that from you. Please go on. Yeah. I just want to know the rules, the rules so I can break them. So I can break them. That's what I always say. Like when I would always like get a job where they were like, well, here's what the rules are. I'm like, great, cool. So I can break that one. And I can break <laughs> that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was, that was like all I did. I was like, yeah, okay, great. Oh, I love, I, mm, yeah, <laughs> that's it. Just learn all the rules so yeah. you can break them. So I can break them. Yeah. Oh, I love that. I love that. Okay, so I, one last question, because this is like for me. Um, uh, You put here that, you know, you also are now like into sound bowls. And like, yes. I want to know where that came from and like, how oh did you gosh. learn to play them? And like, I just, I'm interested. Like, I want to know. <laughs> so I think I have to backtrack a little bit because sure. the sound bowls were, is like the the la- latest piece of the puzzle. Okay. Okay. But what happened was, is that there came also a point in my solo career of doing singing and songwriting where I was like, huh. Every time I ha- I want to perform, I have to have somebody perform with me. Mm. And I was like, mm. I don't really want to be at the whim of anyone, though. Fair, right? I'm like, I I want to be able. I want to also. It was getting to a point where I was like, I can't always pay everybody. Yeah, because that's yeah. a thing too. It's like, you know, these gigs. A lot of times. They maybe will pay like mm, overall if we're lucky five hundred. If I have five people in a band, that's a hundred bucks. That does not cover the rehearsals that we've had. Like that's just a good faith thing. Like it covers your gas and two drinks. Like thank you for coming, right? Mm-hmm. So I wanted to be. I always wanted to be like if it's a big enough gig where I know that I'm getting a really good guarantee prior. Now I was in a point where I was like, I could start making guarantees being like, I can bring this many people out. Therefore I should get this much money and like negotiating Mm -hmm. in that way. Mm -hmm. Um, But there were times when I just wanted to play and I couldn't really depend on anyone to play with me. And I wasn't proficient enough in piano at that time. I was playing a little bit of ukulele, but it just wasn't enough for me to like do a full set. Mm-hmm. Right. And then I would say like a full set could be about like four songs, five songs. Mm-hmm. So um, I saw someone uh, start looping 
vocal looping. Okay. So what it is, it's like a analog controller. Here, I have I have my my baby next to me. I can show you. Yeah. Right. And this is okay, the big. This is the big dog. It wasn't this big. I, it's like it was half this size. Okay. Um. So I uh, saw uh, Star Busby, who is a fantastic and a fantastic singer, looper, mm-hmm. actor, mm-hmm. and a dear friend of mine. And I didn't know her at the time. And I saw them looping, and I was like, "What is that? You can make loops and harmonize with yourself and." create songs and and my <laughs> mind exploded and I was like I want to do that so I bought a looper and sat in my room in Brooklyn and mm-hmm. just looped for hours and just like figured it out did so much and then I was getting into the world of tech okay and Music tech is the learning curves and <laughs> the amount of tears I've cried when it's like, I lost my stems. Like, because then I started learning um, Ableton, which is a, a DAW. And I was like, oh my God, I, I want to start recording my own. I don't want to always go to a recording studio. I don't have mm-hmm. recording studio money. Like, hello. Mm-hmm. So um, my partner, he is an audio engineer and a producer. Okay. So he started to like help me learn these things. And then at a point I was like, get out of here. I need to learn it on my own. And he was like, you do. And I was like, you're right. right. You know, so that's always fun. Like that's the next podcast, how to um, be uh, with another musician type. And that's your partner. So like that's, that's, uh, that's another curve. Um, But we figured it out. (laughs) Thank God. Um, But yeah, so I got into that and then I started doing vocal loops. Okay. And then that's how I started performing in that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, the pandemic happened. And then I guess it's still happening to a point, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, and I uh, started, uh, so then I was like, I need to like calm down. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> so I was Fair. looping. And, and looping is so interesting because I think there is a point when it's like the brain, because it's like so many loops at once, I believe it's like this moment where I'm like talking to God, you know, talking mm-hmm. to the ancestors. Because sound doesn't really die around us. It just, like sound never dissipates. It's very mm-hmm. interesting. It is always there. It's just at a frequency that we, our, our human ears can't recognize, but it's still around. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I think that through looping, at some point I can reach that frequency, you know? Yeah. Uh, so I got really into that. And then I got really into chakras. Mm-hmm. And like what those meant. Mm-hmm. And then I got into sound bowls and I was like, ding, ding, ding. This is making sense to me. Like I found so, it. <laughs> yeah. So I started to correlate like the the technique of analog looping mm-hmm. and bringing in a synthesizer as well mm-hmm. and then doing sound bowls. And I was like, huh, I could, you know, and I was doing it at home and my partner was like, you are helping me sleep right now. I'm, I'm having a great, I was like, you know, calming down my whole house. I was like, yeah. <laughs> you know? and yes. I, and I got really into it and, um, mm-hmm. Then I started working with a, um, an ex-collaborator of mine and we just like put this together. We called mm-hmm. it Cosmic Church mm-hmm. and we would do it every Friday on Instagram live. Yes. We would do this like looping soundscape thing and it was all improv. Mm-hmm. Absolutely improv. We like barely even looked at each other. We were just like feeling the sounds and, you know, it's very an outer worldly 
uh, experience. Um, mm-hmm. And then I was like, I think I want to just start doing sound bath meditations. Yeah. On top of everything else I do. Um, <laughs> just add another thing. It's fine. It's just fine. Just add another thing. It's fine. We it's do a lot. It's diversifying. We're diversifying. Right. <laughs> um, and yeah, so then I just, I got into it. And that is what I've been doing. Mm-hmm. It's like I go to different yoga studios. I go to pole studios. And I hold, yeah. Wait, poles? Like, Pole dancing? Because I've been Absolutely. pole dancing a couple times and it's a lot of fun. Yeah, Wait, pole dancing? They need, with... to, they need to chill out too. They need to find strength. That's epic. Too. Yeah. So um, one of my best friends, she is um, a pole dancer and she's a dancer. And then she took started taking pole. That was her pivot. She was like, I'm actually going to get into pole and aerial. Mm. So she was teaching at this studio and I was like, hey, I want a space where I can hold sound bath meditations. And she was like, I think you could do it at the studio. So um, that was my first like brick and mortar was uh, full circle in Brooklyn. Yeah. So I still, ooh, I still do it there. Um, and I, uh, yeah. And then I've now moved to a couple of yoga studios as well mm-hmm. with it. And I've even started working with another pole dancer and we did a workshop um, two weeks ago called meditative motion oh okay so i was the uh i was the sound bath soundscape music and she was just giving other pole dancers prompts Mm -hmm. to go off of and Mm -hmm. they were just creating movement to the sounds that i was making it was very 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 cool um and that's yeah, that's that story. That's where I'm at right now. It's just yeah. I'm in a I'm in the world of improvisation. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yes, <laughs> yes. Come on, world of improvisation. I mean, that's a great world to be in because that's when you discover, right? It is. It is. I've heard the the phrase that I now love is intuitive conducting. Intuitive conducting. Yeah, and or like I'm sorry, intuitive composition, which I'm like okay. Oh. Mm-hmm. But it's also intuitive conducting as well like there's 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 a there's something in there but yeah yeah those are both great I love that both great those are both great (laughs) right oh but right the intuitive part of like right we're just gonna see what literally comes out of my soul (laughs) yes 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 yeah absolutely I love that Alethea thank you so much for sharing like (laughs) your journey and your pivots and you're like oh my gosh thank you so much for having me on this and congratulations on your pivot thank you and like because podcasting I don't know people don't know that podcasting is to stick with it and be consistent is not easy it's not a game out here y'all it's not it's not a game it is not easy and I applaud you for constantly like being consistent and doing it and you know being very very organized it was me who was disorganized guys it was me I'll tell on myself I was a mess I was like what where's the link and you're like it's right here and I'm like I can't read um I was like thank you so much like to just be like the organizational piece then to do this and like just stick with it is not easy so I applaud you Thank we're you. doing this and like holding fast and doing that. Like go off. <laughs> thank you. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And uh, before I let you go, I have a couple of wrap up things. Okay. Uh, so my first, I got three. So the first one to wrap up, what would be your word of wisdom or word of advice 
to any artist or if I'm honest, any human who's looking right. to pivot or make a change. And, you know, we out here is tough. Like, I'm not going to lie. It's tough. It's but, tough. But, like, what would be your word of advice? Um, do it. Just do it. Mm-hmm. Do it. And, and don't think of it, if it doesn't pan out the way that you want in that moment, it's not a failure. Mm-hmm. It's something that will make sense in the future. But if it's in your brain and in your, if it's in your brain, if you feel mm-hmm. it in your heart and if it touches your spirit, then you should absolutely do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yes. just do it. Just do it. Yeah, okay. just do it. You'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Thank you. Thank you for that word of advice. Um, and then next, where can everybody find you out here on the interwebs? Oh, man. <laughs> So, okay, so you can listen to my music and all streaming services. It is under Miss Olithia, M-I-S-S-O-L-I-T-H-E-A. I am pretty active on Instagram at Miss Olithia. Also, the Vocal Journey Studio, which is my um, voice page as well. I share like tips and tricks and you see me like working with students and also working yeah. on my own music and you know, being in my own voice lessons, being like, this is what it looks like. It's not glamorous, but mm-hmm. I think people really enjoy the process of it. Like, I love the process of it. Yeah. So, um, yeah. And um, getting my YouTube stuff together and okay. redoing my website because, my God, it's been a while. <laughs> <laughs> so now I'm like, hmm, I've done so much and it does not, it is not available on my website. So mm-hmm. be on the lookout in the next coming months that that will all be taken care of. So yeah, okay. I'm around. I'm around. Yes, sounds good. All of that will go into the show notes, everybody. So don't worry. It's easy and clickable. I will put all of that there. And then I must say to you that I acknowledge you, I celebrate you, and I uplift you. Oh my goodness. That was so sweet. I really appreciate that. I celebrate you I acknowledge you and I uplift you. Yes, this was so lovely. Thank you so much. I received that. And ditto. Very lovely. Thank you so much for joining me. (laughs) Thank you for having me. I hope you have been informed and inspired by this week's episode. Make sure to hit the subscribe button to be notified when new episodes are out. To stay up to date and in the know about merchandise, exclusive content, and how to support the show, please subscribe to the newsletter at ayanabay.com slash podcast. That's A-Y-A-N-A-B-E-Y dot com slash podcast. And there's a link in the show notes. This show's executive producer is Ayana Major Bay and editor is Kieran Niemant. Thank you for tuning in and I'll speak to you soon.